I want to talk to you today about how the birth of Christ is an expression of God finding favor for us and in us, and that there is an opportunity for us to explore our relationship with Christ as a ladder that gets us out of anywhere we are to another level further. You know, every person needs to take a step up. Wherever you're at, you never get to the point where you say, I can't, there's nothing, there's no step higher. Every person, whether you're grand or not, whether you're educated or not, whether you're saved or not, uh, whether you have a relationship with God or not, you've got to take a step. In fact, it, it, it's, it's, the human, it's the human journey that every one of us should be taking steps forward. And a frustration in life is when you feel like a, a whole year has been a step back. I'm, I'm not, I, I, I don't think I took any steps this year. I think I feel stationary. I'm going to be joyful when I say goodbye to 2021 on New Year's Eve. But there, there were a few things we, we took big steps forward in. Big steps forward. And I, I'll tell you what I celebrate the most in 2021 is the rise of the voices of young men and women who are called by God to be preachers and ministers of the gospel coming out of, out of Father's house. Those are five, six steps up, and they add incredible value. You know, taking steps forward uh, is really important. You should try to do everything in your life uh, as a step forward. Never get into a relationship that takes you a step back. Never get, never get into a transaction that costs you more than it contributes. Can you say amen to that? And, and I wanted to talk to you about how God is doing that with us. Second, a bigger part here, 2 Timothy 3, verse 16, the chapter 3, verse 16, well-known passage of Scripture. All Scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, training in righteousness, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Let me tell you a piece of equipment you're going to need in life. You're going to need a spiritual and emotional ladder. Because every one of us has to get out of a hole sometime or the other, and every one of us wants to at some point reach something that previously was above our reach. Years ago, uh, they introduced a fancy ladder. Um, I wasn't there, but I've seen the YouTube clip. I was young. Um, And it was a disaster of a marketing strategy. It's one of those ladders, I know you have one at home, it's one of those ladders that can fold into a suitcase sort of size. Do you guys know what I'm talking about? It's got sort of hinges and clips and things. And the idea is that it's so fancy, you could turn it into a table and stand on that. And you could sort of put it over your rooftop and you could stand on that. And you could give it a nose and you could give it a thing. But nobody explained to the TV presenter who was going to test it, that you've got to wait for it to click into position. So he made it sort of a horse shaped, but he never clicked it. And with every confidence, he said, this is how incredible this ladder is. I can stand on this ladder. And he climbed up the side, and as he got to the top of the ladder, the middle caved in. And somehow or the other, he managed to fold himself into the ladder. 
And it was quite clear that people were trying to cut to something else, and they cut to the female presenter. You know, there's always one, you know, two presenters ooing and aahing a product on these TV ads, and they cut to the female presenter, and she had a look of horror on her face, as if to say, "What do you, what do you want me to do about this situation?" Uh, he had managed to take a lot of steps and end up worse than he was if he just stood on the ground, you know. And I got to thinking about our lives, how many times we take a lot of steps and land up actually no further than when we started. The children of Israel did it over and over again. And I wonder how many people are not climbing the ladder of what God has intended. And I'll show you what I mean in a minute. You haven't climbed, because things haven't clicked for you yet. You know, it hasn't clicked into place. And because it hasn't clicked into place, I wouldn't climb without the click. If you don't get it, you're going to mess it. And I, I wonder about the danger of that kind of a scenario. And you might be thinking, well, this ladder conversation and the birth of Jesus, well, <clears throat> you know, Jesus represents himself as a couple of things uh, in Scripture. Uh, one of them is the door. Jesus is our door. Don't go in through any other way except through the door. In fact, do you know that when the shepherds came and they saw Jesus, they would have seen the great shepherd, but, be, but that they would have also seen a great door because shepherds knew that all sheep must go in through one door so you can count them and save them or protect them and close the door. Jesus goes on to say that if anyone comes in by any other means, he's a thief and a robber. You have to come in through the door. So when the shepherds came to the manger, they said, here is the great shepherd of our souls, but here is the door by which we will count the sheep, the lost sheep, and save them and lock the door. He is our new ark of the covenant. He is our new ark that floats, the door that closes, the saving of each one on the inside, the doorway. John chapter 10 says, very truly, I, I tell you Pharisees, anyone who does not enter the sheep pen by the gate but climbs in by some other way is a thief and a robber. Now, the one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. And the, gate, uh, the gatekeeper opens the gate for him and the sheep listen to his voice and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. And when he has brought them out all uh, his own, he goes on ahead of them and the sheep follow him because they know his voice, but they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away uh, from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. I read that far because I think we've had a lot of strangers' voices out there in the last two years. And what they're doing, these strangers' voices, I sort of could have made it a joke about stranger danger, right? Um, what they're doing is they're wooing the sheep out of the pen. And they're telling them to go through doors that were never meant for us. What are you doing in those enclosures? online enclosures, chat rooms and places you should never have entered into. What are you doing there? That's not where the shepherd has led you. That is a stranger's voice that tries to do. So you get two dangers in that passage of Scripture. The one is somebody trying to climb in but not go through the door. That would be somebody looking for a relationship with God but without Jesus. That won't work. You're trying to rob heaven. 
That won't work. People do that all the time. I just need a blessing in my business. I don't really have time for the Jesus thing, but I just need a blessing. You're climbing through the window. Uh, And then there's a second kind of danger, and that's the danger where a voice calls the sheep out of the safety of the shepherd's pen and takes them to other places. You know, that's not our Lord. And when we know his voice, we'll be able to say, that doesn't sound right. That doesn't sound right. And I think we should be braver in the new year to be able to say that. That doesn't sound right. Just sounds off. Because after a while, you'll get to distinguish what one thing is uh, from another. Can you say amen to that? And then there is this example of Christ our ladder that I, I want to get to in the time we have available. And in order to do that, I must take you to a story in the Old Testament about a ladder. Just when you thought, I'm marketing on behalf of SA Ladder today. <laughs> I'm not, but please feel free to drop one off for me. I need a ladder to climb into bed. I mean, it's... Um, that was a joke. <laughs> You're not sure which part was a joke. There's a ladder in the Bible. Now, you must, whenever you read, you know, when you read the Bible, uh, some of it is practical. It actually happened to a guy called Jacob. And some of it is, is historical. It connects the story of Jesus through history. And some of it is, is prophetic. It's a picture of a story still to come. And in Genesis 28... There is such a story. It meets all three of those conditions. In Genesis 28 and verse 11, it says, So he came, Jacob, to a certain place and stayed there all night because the sun had set. And he took uh, one of the stones of that place and put it at his head, and he lay down in that place to sleep. And then he dreamed, and behold, a ladder was set up on the earth, and its top reached heaven. I hope some of the dots are joining now. And there the angels of God were ascending and descending on it. Do do you know that at the birth of Christ, the angels of the Lord ascended and descended, telling the story to the shepherds, to Mary, to the cousin, uh, to uh, um, a multitude of angels singing in a choir. These two stories are similar. They tell of the arrival of Jesus Christ. In fact, if I really wanted to get hectic about my poetic depth, Jacob would change his name in that moment. God would change him from deceiver to prince. Just like the arrival of Jesus Christ in our hearts, not in the manger. The manger didn't need saving. He's still looking for room at the inn. Yours. That didn't need saving, but the arrival of Jesus in our hearts changes our identity and name in the only book that really counts, the Lamb's Book of Life, a book in heaven that records the names of the children of God. 
I could go uh, even uh, a little more hectic uh, and, and tell you about a rock that was used as a pillow. Rocks aren't good examples for pillows, I would say. It's not normal. But it's a story, a prophetic story, because there was a rock on which we were to build our lives. And if we built our lives on that rock, that the storms would come and the house would never tumble. It was the same example as the rock that was placed for Moses to sit as the battle raged. It's the rock of ages cleft for me. It's the rock that the builders rejected, but turned out to be the cornerstone on which the whole house would be built. You don't put your head on a rock unless you're a prophet telling a deeper story. And behold, the Lord stood above it on the ladder. I'm sorry, guys, I'm back on the scripture, verse 13. They never, and they're not sure where I go sometimes, so we must ask forgiveness. Uh, and behold, the Lord stood above it and said, I am the Lord, the God of Abraham, your father, the God of, A- uh, of Isaac, the land on which you lie, I will give to you and your descendants. Also, your descendants shall be as the dust of the earth. You shall spread abroad to the west and to the east, to the north and south. And in you and in your seed, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Behold, I am with you and I will keep you wherever you go. Is that not another verse of you are blessed and highly favored and the Lord God is with you? Our stories are similar. By the way, as a side note, there's a little pattern in Scripture I picked up while doing my preparations for this that I think is really powerful. Do you know how many times God took someone to a land to see it so that they could go back and get their hearts ready to receive it? And you've got to be wise to expose yourself to places that you will one day receive and not judge them. God takes you to a place to prepare you to get back to that place to make it your own. You know, if you're, if you're, if you're single, to speak to Zumi's, uh, um, Zumi's um, uh, example, if you're single, spend some time with healthy married people and see what's next for you that the Lord has in mind. If you only limit your exposure to people who are in the same sphere of influence as you, you will struggle to see the vision of what can be because you will be limited by the repetition of what is. Drive past, I'm gonna, I can't believe I'm going to say this. Drive past the neighborhood that's going to be next for you. <laughs> I know some of you are like, ah, this is so, uh, so charismatic, pros- prosperity. Uh, the prosperity gospel is a lie. It's based on the idea that if I perform correctly, God will reward me financially. Well, that's just amateur. But the idea that God wants to bless and highly favor you, that's biblical. And what that means is in every area of my life, I must ask what's next. I can't stay where I was and say that that is blessed and highly favored. It requires no blessing to be where you are. It requires blessing to go to what's next. 
dear Lord. Hey? You know, we, we asked Mike to step into some of my responsibilities here. That came as a result of me asking me a question. What's next for me? for the young men and women I see in the front row, for this church, for this country, for my financial life, for my relationship life. What's next? Blessed and highly favoured of the Lord. See, Jesus has this ladder extended from heaven to earth. I like to imagine I had this revelation when I was preaching in Cape Town, actually. I love the language of the King James, that heaven lent a ladder on the earth. Oh, I like that so much. It originated in heaven and rested on the earth. Don't think that the ladder came from the earth and went to heaven. That's the Tower of Babel. It doesn't end well. No, no, it came from heaven and rested on earth because that's the gospel of grace. We don't climb the ladder because we built it. We climb the ladder because he built it and he put it there and he positioned it for us. And so I, 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 I want to encourage you today to explore what it looks like to, to take a step along that ladder. There are three kinds of steps you should take, three kinds of environments in, you, in which you must answer the question, what's next? The first is the idea of taking steps to a seat. I saw, I saw this really funny um, YouTube clip. I know I, I say that too often. I realize that and I need hobbies. But I mean, I just couldn't believe this person gets like 11 million views in like 24 hours. It makes no sense to me. Um, but yet I'm one of the 11 million <laughs> who have watched it about a million times. He doesn't talk at all, this fellow. He just does random, ridiculous things. And one of his video clips is in and in honor of people who do unnecessary things. He takes a little ladder with him. How many of you are part of the 11 million? It's just a two-step ladder, and he sets it up next to his couch, and he takes the two steps to get onto the couch. That's very unnecessary, I would say. But he's teasing people who are being extra. That's what he's doing. But you know, this idea of being seated in heavenly places. It is one for us. In other words, Jesus has done it for us. But we have to take our seat. And to do that, you, you have to take a step. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 4 says, But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in transgressions, for it is by grace you have been saved. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. That's what Jesus did. Now I must answer what must I do? Because every now and then I realize that although Jesus has raised me to be seated in heavenly places, I am behaving like a child sitting on the floor. And I need to take a step up. And I want to encourage you today, would you allow Jesus, our Redeemer and Savior, to act as the ladder that raises our lives to a place of being seated in heavenly places. To take your seat 
has a symbolic meaning to it. It means I am comfortable with what I have done, that I am settled to be seated. Have you ever noticed that when you're not settled, you're pacing? Ever taken a call you don't feel like taking? Up and down. Ever watched a movie about someone expecting a child? Pacing up and down. I can't use that example. Uh, I'm one of those people who paces waiting for an aeroplane when I travel. I don't like, I like to be there before the aeroplane. But my, I have some friends who uh, literally, they get there only as the, aeroplane, as the captain is looking out the door to see if there's any last, last animal that must get on this ark of his. There's my friend coming. I'm, I'm not like that. I like, to, I, I like to be there very, very, two, three planes will come and go and it's not mine. That's how long I've been there. I, I, you pace when you're not settled, but you're seated in heavenly places. Heavenly places are not places for pacing. You have to, you have to come to know the joy and peace of the Lord. And then the second kind of step is steps to a new status. I'm fascinated by how people introduce themselves to me. I'm fascinated because very often they define themselves in the most extraordinary thing, extraordinary way, sometimes very positively and sometimes sadly very negatively. Someone will randomly meet me and say, hi, hi George, it was lovely being in church or online or whatever. And then the next thing is, I don't know if you know, I got divorced last year. I'm like, yo, that's a, we're going deep here, eh? By the, by the fruit and veg section, at, that's deep, eh? <laughs> here I was innocently sitting, but now I'm pacing. Uh, you're, you're, uh, that may be a truth, and it may be a truth that hurts you, so I'm very grateful that you shared it. That's not my point. My point is, uh, do, do you have other statuses? Or are they the same status? Uh, the, the Lord redefined. You see, an example of that would be once we were not a people, but now we are the people of God. Once we were strangers and foreigners, but now we are family and members of the household of God. It's a status change, not an economic status, identity status. Uh, 2 Corinthians 3.18 says, And we all with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory, or being transformed into his image for, with ever-increasing status update, change, which comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. And then lastly, he is my ladder that gives me steps to increasing strength. Increasing strength. Because of Jesus, we will never say, I could never handle that. We would never say that because, but for the grace of God, I might not have handled that. But because of the grace and the strength of the Lord, I have become victorious in that. Your, your strength is not a finite amount that was given to you from heaven at birth, yeah, you get four bars of strength, you know, like like cell phone signal. You get four bars of strength, and when it's done, it's done, eh? It's, it's an ever-increasing 
there's something really powerful about that. 2 Peter 1 says, for if we possess these qualities, the qualities of pursuing the Lord, uh, uh, qualities in increasing measure that will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. You see, the patience I needed a year ago is ineffective this year. I need new patience. The wisdom I needed two years ago is unproductive now. I need new wisdom. I can't operate in my tomorrow destiny with my yesterday strength. He renews me every day. He renews me every day. You know, uh, I, I bumped into a friend that then I'll close with this. Um, and I've literally got no more time. I was going to say 10 seconds, but I used 10 seconds to say 10 seconds. I bumped into a friend the other day and they said, um, George, um, I, I was in church the other day and I, 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 feel that, I feel that you you need to get back to preaching a bit more like before COVID. So I said, explain that one to me. And they said, you know when you used to run around on the stage? I said, okay, okay. Um, it took the camera people five years to teach me to stay in one square meter. And now that we are online, I'm honoring them. When online is not the only or even preferred or best way to be in church, when we're packed with thousands of people at every service, I'm going to go back to my eight square meters right over here. But in the meantime, I need today's wisdom for today's situation. And I had to rise to that. And I can't do yesterday's wisdom, yesterday's strategy in today. It is unproductive and ineffective. And you know how many very effective people became unproductive and ineffective because they keep dragging yesterday's strategy into today's prophecy? Can't do it. Can you say amen to that? My friend and I had a laugh, though. It's not a dig. Uh, and, and I want to encourage you today. Jesus is our heavenly ladder who steps us to new seasons. And I am prophesying that it's going to be a step up for you next year. And, and if you've ever stepped up to something and feel you retreated, don't see it as a defeat. He took you there so you could see what's next, so that in the preparation, when you arrive at what's next, you're the man and the woman you need to be for that season in that moment. Can you say amen to that? Would you stand with me? South pastors might want to take this moment to wrap up a service while I pray a prayer over us here. Lord, we thank you so much for the power of your word. Jesus, thank you that you are our ladder, our redeemer, our steadfast rock. Thank you, Lord, that you teach us that for every one of us, there is a step up spiritually in every season. And would you please help us navigate what that looks like as we step forward, pursuing and following after you in Jesus' name. And everybody said, would you give God a shout of praise, worship and thanksgiving?